Welcome to Be Love, Be Well, Be Whole, a monthly podcast with Nicole Raines, licensed marriage and family therapist, and clinical psychologist, Dr. Dina Scott, where we discuss mental health, relationships in all stages and phases, and wellness. The information in this podcast is meant for informational and entertainment purposes and does not take the place of having a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Let's join the journey. We are back, Dina. Hello. How are you? I am doing well. I'm so grateful to be here sharing space with you and our guest, um, Tashiana Scott Cochran here today. I'm excited too. Let's jump in. And um, how we kind of do the icebreaker here is talking about our our theme songs, just kind of sharing where we're at in the the moment. So um, Tashi, as our guest, asking you, jump in there first. What's your theme song for the moment? I Was Here by Beyonce. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Love that. Love that. Love that. I think today I am feeling a little bit of Frank Ocean, and I um, am feeling um, his song "Sweet Life." What about you, um, Nick? I am looking at and feeling uh, "Bunk Buck Jump," which is by Trombone Shorty, featuring oh, the yeah. Rebirth Brass Band. Um, it's you know, summer is almost here. I'm feeling the, the live music and. Yes. Um, and have lots of trombone shorty concert experiences outside. Me that you, yeah. I was going to say that. Yes. <laughs> so that's where I'm at today. Um, you know, and just inviting the listeners that you can follow our living list of mood theme songs on Spotify by clicking on "Be Love, Be Well, Be Whole Mood." It's updated each episode, and we share our theme songs along with our guests. And so now just wanting to give our guest a chance to introduce herself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and um, how you incorporate love, wellness, and wholeness into your life. I am Tashiana Scott Cochran. I'm also known as Mark's mother. I am (laughs) an entirely whole person, which means that I incorporate wholeness and wellness and love into my life by being honest, by accepting that I cannot do all things. I am not a superwoman. I do the very best at what I can do when I can do it. And I honor my cerebral palsy as well by, by being authentic and honest. Love that. Thank you so much for that, Tashi. That is you know, so I think important when we think about, you know, showing up as our authentic selves and that truth um, side of things, when you think about wholeness, wellness, and love, um, truth is, you know, such a core part of all of those things. So I, I love you kind of starting us off there um, today. I do too. And especially saying I'm not a superwoman. I'm doing the yes. best that I can. Yes. And, and I can't think, guess that kind of brings us to our topic today, which is talking a little bit about imposter syndrome and just, you know, looking at labels and language, being able to f- define one's experience versus it having defined for them. Um, and just looking at even the, the origin of the, the term uh, that we hear so frequently nowadays, but it's actually the term's been around since 1978. And it was actually um, first coined as imposter phenomenon um, by Dr. Pauline Clance and Dr. Suzanne Imes. 
And it was basically from her clinical observations and some of her personal experiences that she noticed high achieving women, um, despite objective evidence of success, that they had this, um, what she termed a pervasive psychological experience, believing that they were intellectual frauds and feared being recognized as imposters. So that's really specific to what it is in terms of the imposter phenomenon, or even people ex saying imposter experience. Now, um, with people using imposter syndrome so much, I think that um, there's a feel for that, oh, this is a clinical diagnosis and um, that it, it deserves treatment and all these different things. And I think we really kind of want to unpack that a bit um, since it's not, this is not a clinical diagnosis. And sometimes people will label you instead of you being able to define your own experience. So just wanting to talk about that today. Yeah, and I also wanted to just add there because when thinking about imposter syndrome and also um, what you pointed out in terms of kind of how things evolve, right? In terms mm -hmm. of things being um, taken on as if there's something that's new and actually <laughs> there's, they're attached to something that has been, you know, around for, for years and years and decades and decades. It makes me think about Dr. Claude Steele and stereotype threat as well. Mm -hmm. And yes. the fact that these things are also connected to larger systems, right? And sometimes there's this misperception or misconception or even these missteps to where we fail to also look at the systems that we're in and how they're contributing to some of these, um, these challenges um, and experiences and traumas, you know, at times um, that we're, we're trying to navigate through um, as, as women, as uh, women of color, as black women, and just how important it is to, to unpack um, some of these, um, these conversations as well. Well, you know, I've, I've experienced the labeling of it, not necessarily that I feel like I'm an imposter because I absolutely do not. Right. Um, but it, I feel like in the profession of librarianship, because it is such a largely white female dominated position at its on its face. And I say that because the white women dominated, but yet in leadership, it's the men. And what tends to happen with black librarians and other librarians of color is that our education is assumed to be less than. So say for instance, we are not assumed to have gone to get the terminal degree for librarianship, which is your master's of library science we are assumed to be the paraprofessionals or the clerks or the pages. And that is automatic in this, you know, in the in their judgment. And mm -hmm. I have a, a huge issue with that. And I hear that a lot. And I was given a speech for my LIS graduation for the Black Caucus of the American Library Association. And I was just like, I need us to all not allow that to be said to us, to not allow that to be internalized in our, in our psyches, because it's something that people want you to believe. They want you to believe that you are wrong in being authentic. So, to, in, so in being your authentic self, you're an imposter to them. That's not our failure. 
That is right. not our deficit. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's just something that I've, I recognize that I'm going to grapple with a great deal in the, in the chosen profession that, you know, that I will be going into full time. I've dabbled around in different areas of um, archival studies and, and working in libraries. But in order to actually be recognized, I had to go back to school to obtain this second master's degree because having the bachelor's and the and my object specific master's degree, which is in Africana women's studies, was not enough to propel me into the into the profession, which speaks to access and another and a whole lot of other privileges that are associated with that. But that's a that's a podcast for another day. Right. But it also, again, is again very interconnected, right? And, and again, very connected to a larger system. And you, you think about like systems of oppression as well and what that can mean um, when you think about appropriated oppression, right? To where, you know, things are kind of being appropriated versus like within us. And so I, I think it's also great that you called out that you don't feel that you are an imposter, because I think sometimes there's again that misperception that because there's these terms, it then means that we are then holding those labels for ourselves. But it's actually a system that sometimes is creating these um, these potential whether it's lack of access, these you know biases, um, these you know different you know um, discriminatory practices at times even um, that then these labels get put on us versus us just feeling like that's who we are. So I, I love that you identified that as well. And I think that's, that's really important and empowering um, because that's one of the things and why I wanted to even say that it's imposter phenomenon that the term was uh, is coined as because that's talking about the experience and really being able to, uh, I know even in the clinical space, wait for someone to, if that's how they're identifying their experience, then being able to unpack it that way versus it, any kind of like doubt or questioning of self, it's very different when it's being put on you. Like, oh, why are you here? Or Tashi, as you just kind of mentioned where it's like, okay, now I'm trying to prove myself, not to myself, but to others. Exactly. Um, I've been in different librarianship groups that talk about the fact that, you know, they are never seen as who they know they are. They are always assumed to be something less than. And the fact that you have to always walk with that sense of, okay, well, let me explain before you even ask me, because I already know what you're what you are assuming that I am, that can be a, a heavy burden to carry. And it, and it is demonstrative in the, in the numbers of librarians of color that, you know, actually are retained in, you know, in the profession to actually make a, dif a difference in the quality of a biopic people in the profession that's you know black indigenous people of color in the profession we're not staying around long enough and i've wanted this for so long that i absolutely refuse to allow any of their foolishness to be put upon me i i, I, re I rebuke it all because i have withstood the test of time to know that this is where i'm supposed to be Right, right. When you think about just in terms of that journey, and you mentioned exhaustion, you know, how, how again, do you, you know, 
think about navigating that process and taking care of self, because you also spoke earlier about wanting to make sure that, you know, you don't have to take on that weight of having to always be superwoman, right? So can you talk about um, maybe some of the things um, that you even do, um, Atashi, when it comes to, again, being loved, being well, being whole with self, while also navigating this larger system um, around us? There are times where I turn it off. And by turn it off, I mean, that's where you'll find me in complete darkness. And there, the only sound that around me might be the birds outside. And I am just in complete thought about just being in the moment. So that means that I'm not necessarily thinking about anything, whatever stream of consciousness I'm having, it is just, I'm not writing anything down. I'm just like embracing the fact that I'm thinking about the birds and, or, or the trees or the wind. I'm, I'm, I'm actively allowing myself to be outside of my space, inside of my space. So I love that. That's like mindfulness at its core. I love yes. how you broke that down. Oh my gosh, I love it. I mean, I think that that's um, important, Tashi, to hear again from from you. Something that Dina just picked up on, as well as being able to have that mindfulness of where you're you're getting out of your head and being just in your in your space. And even if it is sitting in that it doesn't sound like complete silence, but being able to pick up on the sounds that are naturally occurring in your environment. Yes, that would be a better, a more accurate way to describe it because the where I live in the house, there is so much of nature that is around because it's a very wooded area so that there really is no real complete silence, but there is so much, so many things that you can actually really gain a sense of peace from like the birds and the trees because these things are actually communicating with you and so uh, so I would also say it like you I kind of give myself a chance to commune with them that is beautiful and that is so important and when I think about you know again all of the layers of our identity too you know I think there are so many times that people try to put us in boxes, right? Because whether it's, you know, thinking about, you know, our gender, you know, the region that we might live in, our certain titles or degrees, our race, our abilities, there's so many different ways that people might try to box us in and try to, again, make us feel like or put on us this, this feeling of, of being maybe less than, um, imposter, all of these things. I would also love Tashi, the way that you talk about things in terms of making sure to figure out what it is you need to continuously push through. Because I feel like what is also, what I've seen a lot this past year in particular is because there's so much energy out there about all of, all of the things, you know, whether we're thinking about, you know, COVID and all the feelings that folks still have attached to this, um, the pandemic in that way and or the pandemic connected to ongoing you know, racial um, injustice um, and uprisings in this country and all of the things connected to that. I think there's always you know, a reason for us to potentially feel like, oh my gosh, there's something happening to make me feel like I'm not okay or I'm not good. And how do we continuously like push, push back against that and allow ourselves 
the space to be whole, to be loved, to be well, because that is so important and so essential um, for us to be able to, to move forward and to move forward and to heal, right? How can we get to healing if we, we can't really allow ourselves to, to speak our truth, um, like you also pointed out earlier as well. So I have really appreciated just what you have, have shared. I do too. And, and Tashi, do you have any, any tips or other things that you would like to share with our listeners for who might be trying to figure out, you know, like what's, what's going on for me? I think that if you're trying to figure out what's going on for you, allow yourself, the, allow yourself some grace first off and grace in a notebook. Hmm. I love that. Because I think that in, in giving yourself the space to, 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 dem- to demonstrate grace for yourself and the freedom to just let whatever is in you out, you'll think there's a, there's a journey in that. I love that, Tashi. And it, it, it sounds simple, but it's so complex uh, to give ourselves some grace and even to have the courage to, to jot some things down in the notebook. So I'm happy you shared that. Yes, me too. Again, and that notebook piece too, um, being able to express ourselves in, in a variety of different ways, because sometimes, you know, we, we have this, this thought or this feeling that we should always be able to seek maybe our feelings out, but sometimes being able to write is so powerful. And I know Tashi, that writing has been a huge part of your life, my life, you know, as well. And, and that is something that I feel like I always try to get back to um, when I'm, I'm meeting my, my space and my moments. Wanting to uh, say thank you for, for coming in today and wanting to move into talking about our moments of, of joy and uh, appreciation. Um, so Dina, what are you joyful for or appreciate in this, in this moment? Well, I will say and acknowledge that I have been so appreciative of just holding space with you both. I I mention every time that I look Mm -hmm. so forward to being able to have these kinds of connections because it's with always with some of my favorite people and I'm just being able to connect with folks that I respect dearly. And I also have really appreciated lately being able to have those in-person connections um, with family members as well, because I haven't really had them in almost a year. And so, so much appreciation for being able um, to be even in physical space um, with, with folks that I love, appreciate, and who, who lift me up and bring me joy. What about for you, Tashi? Well, I want to thank you both for the opportunity to be here. This has been a, a really uplifting experience and I needed it. I needed joy and some laughter <laughs> and some lightheartedness to be able to talk about things that I'm passionate about and remind myself about, you know, myself. Sometimes I, I need to do that. And I really do appreciate that in this space, I was able to, to, to do that. And I, I'm very thankful and humbled by it. Well, thank you. That's my appreciation uh, as well as being able to share this space with both of you and then Tashi for you to to share because again, being able to to hear words and just um, for anyone out there that's listening that might feel isolated 
by their experiences, it's always good to hear another another voice. Um, so I'm really appreciative of that. I'm also, uh, this is also my moment of joy. Uh, and I've uh, my other one has involved writing that I've gone back to writing. Uh, yay. Not, yeah, yay, I'm, yeah, I'm excited about that. Uh, <laughs> my creative writing spark has, has come back. So we'll see where I take it. Um, so that's bringing me some, some joy right now. That is awesome. I love hearing that. I love that we are all kind of tapping back into that parts of ourselves as well. And as we just go forward, I just want to remind everyone that being whole is for everyone. We really thank you for joining us today. Be sure to listen and subscribe. And until next time, be loved, be well, be whole. Thank you.